welcome. Welcome to the Suicide Prevention Show. I am Jackie Simmons. I am your host for the show, and I am super excited to be sharing today's episode with Sean Laurie. He's the veteran guy, and we're going to be talking about how to win the battle for veterans' lives. Near and dear to my heart, my dad was a vet. He did three tours of duty of Vietnam, and he did it as a medic, as a airborne medic, as a special forces airborne medic. So my daddy jumped into places without a gun. You don't want to be without a gun. And when it was over, my daddy came home, but not all the way home. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So please join me in welcoming Sean. So Sean, if you would unmute and bring on screen, there you are. Hey. How are you? I'm so excited to talk to you. <laughs> hey, nice to see you again. <laughs> oh, it's nice to see you too. Sean, give us the three-minute version of how you ended up being who you are doing what you do. Okay. Um, well, for people that don't know who I am, I am Sean Laurie. I live in South Carolina. I, I am considered the veteran guy. I have my own brand, my own clothing line, Sean the Veteran Guy. Um well, I guess uh, just to make a long story in three minutes, uh, I joined Thanks the- Thanks all your time, Sean. It's okay. <laughs> I know, I got it. Um, first of all, thank you for, for this opportunity and uh, really appreciate all that you do for everybody out here, including the veterans and, and just raising awareness for suicide. It's something that we can definitely put in the past. And so, so thank you for that. And it was an honor. And also thank you for your father as well. You know, hearing the story about him is just absolutely amazing. So, but- um. I joined the military in uh, 2006, and uh, I think the reason why I joined, I know why I joined, I really kind of want to follow my father's footsteps, and, um, and plus I wanted to serve my country. I wanted to do my part. I was, I can remember the war going on in Iraq and during 2003 and 2004, and I just kept telling everybody, like, wow, I want to be there. I want to do my part, and so I did. I joined in 2006. I went on my first tour of duty in 2008, and um came back and then I did another tour in 2010. And so it, it was just something I love to do, something I've always wanted to do. And uh, I got injured in 2000 and at the end of 2010. So I mm -hmm. stayed about seven months in country, came home early, ended up getting injured. Uh, I sustained an ACL injury to my right leg, had to have surgery. Uh, it was pretty bad. I got sent to Fort Gordon, Georgia, stayed there for two years. So from 2011 to 2012, I spent basically two years there you know, trying to work on myself, get back into the, you know, I'm thinking going back into the military life. But as you know, I started seeing doctors. I started, you know, telling my story. I knew I had to have surgery. I had surgery done and um, I was diagnosed with PTSD. I was diagnosed with depression, anxiety. I was having all kinds of problems. They had me on 15 different medications. And uh, so it was really hard for me at that time. I was living away from my family, but you know, I learned to accept what, what, what it was. And so I ended up getting out of the military in 2012. Um, it wasn't something that I chose to do. It was something the military chose for me, but I, I did it. I did what I had to do. And so coming home in 2012, I'm thinking life's going to be okay. It's going to be grand. I'm going to get to start all over. And it really didn't turn out that way because number one, I was still struggling with addiction. I was struggling with uh, painkillers because in 2010, when I got the surgery, 
I was on painkillers and I didn't know how to get off of them. I didn't, I've never had struggled with that kind of stuff before, but it, it just snatched me and I didn't know how to get off of it. I was so depressed and I was so miserable that to me, I used to kind of call it like a happy pill. And uh, I just didn't know how I was destroying my life and how everybody I was destroying everybody else's life as well. And so from basically 2010, all the way, you know, we'll get into that, but all the way up to, you know, eight years, I struggled with that. Um, so life was crazy, man. I was back home. I, I, I was trying to, you know, get back into the civilian life and it was just so hard. I couldn't focus on anything. I was miserable all the time, depressed all the time. My marriage was falling apart on top of the addiction. And uh, around two, we'll go forward a few more years living in, living in complete chaos. Uh, wow. Going to about 2016, I got a phone call that my best friend who was in the military with me um, committed suicide. And so that was really hard. I, I, I I lost my mind on that one. I was been trying to call my friend for the last week and uh, he didn't answer the phone. I didn't know what was going on. And his daughter reached out and she just straight up told me, she said, my daddy took his life. And uh, she was only like 14 at the time. And so she found him and he had hung himself. And so that was just a, a part of my life that just hit me really, really hard. And, uh, and I think it hit me so hard is because I was headed towards that same destruction. Like I was just so miserable and I realized how much I was destroying my family. And I realized that to me, I felt like my family would just be so much better off without me. And so I'm telling you for many, many years, I was just a miserable person. I wasn't happy. I was angry all the time. I was mad at my situation. I couldn't accept the fact that I went from, you know, being a two-time, you know, Afghanistan, you know, basically war hero, I guess, going to war and serving my country to now just being a junkie and, and having no respect for myself. And so I had no self-worth, no self-esteem. I, I was just at the low of the low. And then when I just found out my best friend killed himself, I was like, well, I'm going to be next because I felt like that was the right thing to do. And so thank God we'll talk about what I call a battle buddy check. Um, it was probably around 2017. I lived another year, obviously, and I just kept staying miserable. But I can remember one night that I was just, I, I was just completely lost. I didn't know what else to do. And I was actually thinking about taking my life that night. And um, out of the blue, my phone just kept going off. And I knew it was one of my battle buddies, but I didn't answer it. And because uh, I knew he wanted to talk to me. I, I was on a mission. I was going to end it. And I didn't care anymore. And uh, after the third time he was blowing my phone up, I decided to answer it. And so he was like, hey, man, I just, I got this weird feeling that you need somebody to talk to. What's going on? And we just ended up talking. And after about an hour later, by the grace of God, I just, I just didn't have no interest in doing that anymore. I was like, you know what? I just need to change my life. I need to do something. If I want change, then I got to make it happen. And, you know, I just quit with the complaints. I quit, I quit looking at how everything was so negative. I was just like, it was like God just came down and was like, Sean, wake up. It was like, I got a smack in the face. And, and uh, I went in the house. I didn't say nothing to my wife about it or anybody. It was a few days later. And I went into my wife in the house and I looked at her and I said, I'm ready for change. And she's heard this before. I've been to rehab, you know, but I've always done it for the wrong reasons. I've always done it because, you know, I wanted to please everybody else. I wanted to make everybody else happy. And I never did it for myself. But this time, this day, I went in there and I told her, I was like, look, I want to change. I want to be better. I don't want to make you miserable anymore. I don't, I want to be happy again. And so it was going to cost us 600 bucks to go and, and to do a, a detox treatment. And so by the grace of God, again, we just happened to come up with it. And uh, I checked myself in into a detox center. I spent seven days in detox. And then after that, I spent another six months on uh, intensive outpatient treatment 
and doing four days a week at three hours a piece, just constantly doing counseling, constantly doing therapy, trying to do what I had to do in a meetings, just doing everything I could do. And uh, finally, here I am today, you know, three years later, clean and sober, haven't had any, I'm just clean and sober and happy. And, and it's just amazing by the grace of God, I changed my life. And so basically from there, I'd started uh, going on social media. Um, probably the first year after I was clean, I started going on social media, telling people about my story, um, trying to help other veterans that were struggling with addiction and suicide and PTSD and stuff. And just telling my story, you know, getting it out there and people were flocking to me and they were like, wow, you know, this guy's got a story and, and, and people just started drawing to me. I started getting interviews on radios and podcasts and it was just absolutely amazing. And I knew right then and there that this was my purpose. This was my, this is something that I've been asking God my entire life. What, what is my purpose? You know, why am I here? And, and now I know it's to help other people become better versions of themselves by my story. And so that's what I started doing. And, and I'm doing that today, talking with you and exactly the same thing for three years now, just telling my story and trying to help other people inspire them. And so that's how I got to where I'm at today. There you go. If anyone wants to know what it takes to make a difference in the world, it's sharing your story in service to other people. Tell everybody some more about what a battle buddy is, because this is not a concept anybody outside of the military knows. Right. Okay, so a battle buddy would be basically when you go to basic training to start with, they always tell you anywhere you go, you got to go with another friend. Basically, a battle buddy is somebody that, like if you were in combat, we'd all be battle buddies. He's a buddy. He's an army buddy. Um, in the army, we use it. So it's just really another person that is a friend. So if you needed somebody to talk to, if you needed to do something, if you needed to go somewhere in pairs, it would be a battle buddy. So we were just basically another friend of, uh, that you hang out with, that you constantly stick with. So battle buddy, when I said battle buddy, um, what we do is to make it real quick on social media, we have this thing called a battle buddy check. And so what we do is like once a week, we'll get on there and we'll say, hey, this is a battle buddy check, which means if anybody's struggling, if anybody's feeling down, if anybody needs advice, now is the time to reach out and let us know. And so we're just reaching out to each other. So a good friend, a, a military buddy or a veteran that, that's been down the same road, we're just checking on you. All right, it's more than a good friend. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna say, you know, it's a good friend and. and it's an intentional yeah. relationship as opposed to friendships, which are often, you know, circumstantial and, you know, we, we spent a lot of time together, we became friends. This is intentional. It's way beyond personality. Right. It's our brother. It's a, it's a brother. It's family. Yeah. It's like you just said, it's, it's a friend and it's your, and another extreme word would be like your, your soul partner. Like that is your brother. That is your sister. That is somebody that basically has your life you know you, we are there for each other through no matter what and so when this guy called me who was a good friend of mine I consider him a battle buddy because he's also a veteran so he was doing a battle buddy check on me he just knew something wasn't right and so he kept calling and calling and calling until I answered and by him doing that ultimately saved my life in your world, they're called battle buddies. And in my world, they're called advocates. It's the one person who never gives up on themselves and will never quit on you. 
That's right. And it's both sides of that coin have to be there. You cannot be a battle buddy for someone else if you give up on yourself. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> this is the power of what you're doing, Sean, is that once someone says, yes, I'll be a battle buddy, they have said, yes, I will stay. That's right. And, and a lot of times we volunteer for that. I mean, you know, we did. It's like, hey, who wants to be a battle buddy for, you know, for a quick example, I remember going through basic training and a lot of people would, you know, deal with suicidal issues because of just family life and, and, and stuff going back at home. And they would say, hey, this guy is very suicidal. Who wants to be his battle buddy? Who wants to keep an eye on him? Who wants to be there for him? And so I volunteered a few times for that already. It was like, hey, I'll be there for you. If you need me, I'm right here. And, and that's so, in the active military. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You know, I'm going to throw out a startling statistic. I know you know this, but oh. I didn't know this until I started walking in this world that from a historical point of view, as bad as war is, taking historical data, we've lost more military active and veteran to suicide than sure. we have to all of the war engagements throughout time. This is a, it's, a, it's a crazy upside down world that most of us are looking at the statistics that we get fed from the media about how many people have died in service to the country in battle. And they're not talking about how many have died in service to the country through suicide. That's part of the story as well that I didn't really um, talk about was, you know, after I decided to straighten myself up, I started doing research and I started looking and seeing what was going on in the veteran community and why was we losing so many veterans and how many were we losing? And it was an averaging about 22 a day. I mean, I know there's different statistics. Sometimes the VA will say 20, whatever. But see, I take in consideration that we have a lot of veterans that aren't enrolled in the VA. And then you got a lot of veterans that, that OD on alcohol and drugs and they don't consider that suicide. You know, so on an average, we're losing 20, I say 22 to 25 veterans every single day to suicide. And that's an epidemic. And so that's part of my goal. That's part of my mission is to try to help as many veterans as I can possibly help, you know, or anybody really for that matter. But veterans is, you know, veterans is my mission because that's what I am. But if anybody needs me, I'm here. But you know, well, we, we, we have our lane, Sean. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the, you're on the suicide prevention show. It is a uh, broad spectrum That's epidemic right. that That's cuts right. across all walks of life, all gender, all racial, all, you know, there, there is all culture. There is no one immune to this epidemic and you can't wear a mask and keep from catching it. Nope. If you know someone who's died by suicide, you're at risk above the regular community and the regular community's at risk already anyway. So with my focus being teen suicide prevention, why? Because I'm the mother of a teen suicide attempt survivor. Your focus is on veteran suicide and making that a thing of the past. The whole goal is to make suicide a thing of the past. And whoever's listening, whoever's watching, whatever socioeconomic, tribe, culture, whatever that you belong to, there's someone near you at risk. That's, that's exactly right. I mean, even what was 
crazy to me is that I actually started, when I started doing advocating for veterans and trying to raise awareness for veteran suicide, I found out even in the law enforcement community that we were losing, you know, close to 15 a day. And I was like, you know, it's just, it, to me, it, it just, because I know what it's like and I know what they're thinking and I know why people do it. You know, mm -hmm. especially like you said, my lane, I know why veterans are doing it. You know, there's multiple reasons, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and to even talk about that, if it's okay, I'd like to bring up my book that, oh, yeah. I'm, that I'm actually writing. Um, it's almost finished. We got a couple plans to, it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a workbook, but then we're going to turn it also into a course. And so, you know, because my mission, you know, I've been around the country. I've traveled, I've spoke on stages, I've spread my message. But the one thing that I've learned is that I have to have something with the value. I got to give something to people. People got to be able to take something away from it. You know, mm -hmm. I can talk to you all day about what I believe in and how, how to make your life better and this and that. But until you have this in front of you to help you, you get there, it's just not going to be able to do anything. So um, the name of my book is called Veteran Mindset 2.0. And the purpose of this book is because I, I feel that most of us coming out of the military, we all have a basic mindset. Okay, a basic veteran mindset, which basically saying, you know, I'm getting out the service. I got to, you know, reintegrate back into civilian life. I got to make what's best. I got to find a job. I got to do this and do that. Got to go to the, it's a basic mindset. And most of them, most of the time, one of the things that we learn is by serving in the military, when we get out, we're going to automatically miss that old life. We're going to miss our battle buddies. We're going to miss the camaraderie. We're going to miss that, that uh, we talked about at one time. It's uh, where people you know, give you direction, you know, to oh. help you to get you where you need to, you know, we miss all you, that. You come out of the military and there is all of a sudden no predictable structure. Right. And Sean, the <laughs> absence of predictable structure right now while we're in the COVID cocoon, this is no longer just a veteran thing. This right. is a thing because our kids have lost their structure of schools the parents have lost the structure of schools and work now people are trying to figure out this whole time management work at home create my own structure and we were never trained in this if you want to know the gap in education right. it's being self-contained creating a self-contained day itself you see what's structure. happening because of that you know oh, you yeah. see there's no structure and so could you imagine i mean that's just normal people without training right so now you've got veterans that have had training mm -hmm. but they were but you know what we were never trained on how to take off the uniform we were never trained how to you know it seems simple enough to say hey you know you served your time take the uniform off get back to life mm -hmm. but it, 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 it's just for me i did nine years and and i did five years of active duty time so for five years i learned how to take control take you know leadership you know take orders take from direction giver yep right and so when i came home it was like what do i do now what do i do now you know and then i'm already having anxiety issues i'm already having you know these these uh depression moments where i feel you know worthless and i don't feel like i, I i'm worth anything anymore and i don't have any purpose i don't have a passion anymore you know a lot of veterans when they serve we we, we have this fulfillment like we're feeling we're doing something we're, we're doing something great like you that's know how you're I always making felt. a difference. You, yes, you know, I, I mean, felt. You can ask my wife. When I used to get ready for like work, I would put my uniform on, and it was I was always on time. 
I was always ready to do what I had to do, you know, and if I, if I thought I was going to be late in formation, there would be an issue. Like, look, I got to get to work. Like this ain't a joke. Like this is something I'd really take pride in. And so it was just a moment in my life that I really enjoyed. I, I was very proud of myself for the fact that I even graduated basic training, that I even graduated AIT school, that I even went to combat and made it back home alive. Like these are a lot of things that I was proud of. And then when I got out and I was forced out because I was no longer deployable, the army looked at me like, well, you know, you, you are not mentally fit for combat. And so if the military feels that way about you, then you're non-deployable. You're basically the army don't need you. And I get it. I understand that because you don't want to be a, a reliable, you don't want to be liable for somebody else's life if you're on a battlefield and your mind's mm -hmm. not right, you know. But, you know, it goes a lot deeper than that. But, you know, the point was we get home and, and we just lose a lot of passion. We lose a lot of purpose in life. You know, finances are crazy. Your marriage usually is out of control. And then you take everything and you just completely stress out about it. And then like me, you know, I was, you know, a lot of veterans will take, you know, take the alcohol. Mine wasn't so much alcohol. It was more opiates because that's what I got used to. I just, I, I fell into the to the addiction and so but I got clean and I got better and I started moving forward and so back to the book I decided you know what I said I'm doing all this talking I'm traveling I'm, I'm trying to raise awareness I'm trying to change lives now I need to give people something of value I need to give somebody something that they can learn from and so I did I created a book called veteran mindset 2.0 and I have five sections to this book and it starts with your mindset uh, your mindset um, acceptance focus self-worth and then recovery so those are the five topics that i really focus on and then i break down each topic on how i feel that i you know what i use to get to where i need to get to and if it's okay i would like to take just a minute to just kind of explain each one in a short version um, oh, absolutely i would okay. not have this any other way all right, all right. i so, love it you know me i am yeah. i'm a mission-driven mentor mindset is where everything starts and being yeah. aware that you even have one and have some control over it i'm all for it Go yeah, for that it. was the total game changer when i realized that we control our lives that we can control everything just by the way we think it was a such it was so amazing like Really? I can control my environment? I can control what happens to me just by the way I think? So I did so much research on that, and I finally figured it out after all these years, and so I decided to write about it. And so the very first step, obviously, is what we just talked about is mindset, right? Mm -hmm. we got to have that mindset in order to even begin to change. So if you say, hey, I want to get out of this depression, I want to work on my mental health, I want to, I want to quit being addicted to this or that, I want to have purpose again, I want to do whatever, you got to have that mindset. You have to be ready for it and, and go into it. So I'll break that down into how you can do that in different strategies. But then you go into acceptance, right? So now we have to accept our reality. So once you've got the right mindset, I'm ready for change. Now I have to accept where I'm at, what's going on, what's my situation, what, what my traumatic event was. We have to accept that situation. Once you accept it, then we're going to go into focus. Now, focus is different because focus is a huge key point because you have to focus on what it is you want to achieve. So you could think all day that you want change, but you've got to eventually focus on what it is you want to do. So we accept it. Now we got to focus on whatever your dream, your goal, whatever it is you want to work on, put all your focus into it. Once you focus and you're ready to go and everything's already set, now you need to know your self-worth. So then you go into your self-worth. Now you have to know how much to you, you matter. 
you got to believe in yourself. You got to know what yourself is. You got to know what your self-worth is. You, you know, are you worth changing? Are, what is it that you're going to do? Is, does, your work, does your life matter? How much does my life matter? Like you just got to have the right self-worth and know exactly that, that your life matters. <clears throat> and then the last step is recovery. And so after you go through all those steps, it's important to understand, and I put it in my book, that recovery doesn't mean that you're cured, okay? Because I will tell you now, a lot of times we go into something and we got PTSD, you got depression or anxiety or bipolar or whatever you struggle with, there may not be a cure for you, okay? You may, you may not have a cure. It may take medications or it may take multiple other ways to get better, but I have learned that by getting to recovery, it means you can finally live that life that you want with your symptoms, with the things that you struggle with. Got you know, it. we don't allow your mental health to define who you are as a person because that's just what you have. It's not, hey, I'm Sean with PTSD. It's like, hey, I do have some struggles. I do have some issues. I struggle with them every day, but I'm not gonna allow it to stop me. I'm not gonna let it stop me from living my dreams. And so that's what the book is about. I take you from the beginning to your mindset and get you all the way to the point to where you are in recovery and you can live that normal life again without wanting to give up on yourself because you feel like you're point, you know, you're worthless. So I'm excited about it. And that's exactly when <laughs> I can go into more. That's it. That's the five topics that I'm really focusing on that I came up with because I feel like in my life, when I really sat back and thought about it, I broke down each thing that it took for me to get to where I'm mm -hmm. at today. And so I just wanted to put it down and the course will be sort of the same. The workbook's going to be the same. Um, I'll have multiple you know, pages for each chapter. We'll talk about, you know, each one of those topics. And then towards the end, we'll, we'll have a, uh, an entire section where I will, you know, mindset and then the topics to go with mindset and how to get that great mindset and how to get to acceptance and, 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 and talk about focus. And so I'll have all that for you. And then towards the end, we'll have about 70 to 80 questions that's going to put you into it. So that way you could actually you have to go back and read to make sure that you can answer these questions. And so my goal, ultimate goal is for you to step away and say, wow, I, I feel like I'm in recovery now. I feel like I have definitely made that next level change to a 2.0 mindset because I read this book. I've done the workbook. I've done the practice the techniques I've done everything that the veteran guy told me to do <laughs> and so I should be right where he's at and so I'm just super excited I got a ton of people working on this project with me including you and it's just I'm just excited about it and I feel like this is going to be something that the veteran community really needs I'm thinking battle drills I'm thinking yes. this is set up with battle drills if you want to master anything I don't care if it's a martial art or a recipe you have to practice it. That's right. You know, you do not get talk good about at talk anything. about practice, 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 practice. <laughs> well, and I got a funny one because while you were talking, all I could think about is, oh my God, it's just like software. You go through this and you put in the 2.0 version. Guess what you could no longer get access to? The previous version. That's right. It works with our computers and it works with the one that's up here in our heads. So. Sean, I think that what you have created is amazing and it is absolutely perfect and it applies to more than just suicide. It applies to any unhappy outcome that someone's struggling with, what I call the spectrum of self-sabotage. So whether it's 
that you want to change jobs, whether you want to change how much you weigh, whether you want to change how you interact with your family and your relationships, or whether you want to build a business. That's right. These step-by-steps that you're going to walk people through are going to give them the staircase that they can actually use to make change that lasts. And I'm just as excited about this project <laughs> as I can be. You know, you know that the, my daddy's story and yeah. that that was one of the first, um, actually it was one of the first bestseller badges I ever earned was when I wrote his story and my experience with second generation, what I call second generation PTSD yeah. in a book called The Game Changer. And when that occurred, like that. for me, it opened up the ability to talk about it. And I got news for everybody. The silence around the topic of suicide is killing us. The silence is deadly. It is one of the risk factors according to the Center for Disease Control. So be willing to talk about it. Be willing to share about it. And if you've got a veteran in your family, be willing to hug them when it's safe to do that. And then to share with them this book, this program, this tribe, this message that their life matters. And we know they came home. We want them to come all the way home. That's right. To come Can I reiterate a little bit on what you just said about the silence? Mm -hmm. um, this is something I also talk about in my book, uh, multiple other things, but one of the reasons why that I've learned that it's so silent is because like in the military, for instance, in the law enforcement, I've talked to other law enforcement mm -hmm. that, okay, first of all, there's a stigma, right? There's a stigma. Mm -hmm. People think, you know, a lot of these macho guys or whatever, or even women, they think that, you know, if you come out and talk about that, you have problems, um, it makes you feel like you're weak. They think they're going to be a weak person or weak minded, or they can't do their job or, you know, there's a huge stigma out there. There's um, a stigma and a perceived risk. Exactly. And so we have to really talk about it. And so what I do is I come out and I show people, I look, you can be a strong man. You could be a strong woman and talk about anything you want. If it's, if it's mental health, if it's mm -hmm. depression, addiction, or whatever, if you need help, you need to reach out. And I promise you, it does not make you a weak person. It makes you a stronger person by being able to admit that you have a problem and talking about it with other people. And then one thing I found that this is why I changed my whole life is because once I realized that as soon as I raised my hand and said, hey, I have a problem, I need help, I had so many other people do the same. They're like, I'm right there with you, man. I'm struggling just like you are. And so I never thought that. And it, you, people just don't know it until they do it. And so you're right. It's, a lot of people just quiet. They don't want to say nothing because they feel scared of getting in trouble, getting fired, getting, you know, oh, even yeah. they're, they're scared, scared of the right. um, repercussions. Repercussions. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. And there so, may be none. And there may be one that could save the world. That's right. And so because we don't know, we don't know how to start the conversation. And you have given them a tool that allows them with a simple title of Veteran Mindset 2.0, they can go and they can start walking. They can find their battle buddies. They can be somebody's hero still. Because if you're willing to go first, that's true leadership. And you don't have to be the one who stands on the stages and writes the books. 
You right. can be the one who shares the book. This is how you become part of a movement to save lives. Right. So buddy up, find someone to talk to. And if you struggle with it for yourself, hang on to Sean's stuff. Go hunt up the veteran guy. You can find Sean. They can find you. And when yeah. the book comes out, be part of the book launch. Let's get this book into the hands of as many veterans as possible. You all are part of the tribe or you would not be watching this interview. So make a commitment to save a vet. Make a commitment to reach out to one. Make a commitment to sponsor a book for a vet. Just make a commitment to be part of this movement that's being led by the veteran guy. There's a, uh, a quote that I came up with and I put it on my t-shirts, I put it everywhere. And it's called, I, I say it like this, don't just talk about it, be about it. And the and one thing I'll say is, is like me, you know, I did a lot of talking for a very long time and it was like, you know, we can only talk so much. It's time for action. We got to start, we got to start stop talking about it and be about it. Start doing something about it. And just a couple of examples, like I got a 22K for 22 that I do every year. You know, this year's gonna be our second annual 22K for 22. And we just, we do a, we do a, um, a 22 kilometer, a kilometer march. Well, not a march, a hike all around our city, you know, raising awareness for veteran suicide, for, for, for mental health. And we're just saying, hey, you know, if you have an issue, we're here, we got you, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. You know, so we're doing that. We got groups. I got veteran. Um, I got Vet Life for Life. That's a support group with almost 3,000 members of people that get on there and just looking for resources. So it doesn't matter what you do. Just do something. And that's what I would say right now to anybody's watching is like, look, don't feel like, you know, there's nothing you can do. Just simply speaking out and telling your story or, or like we talked about being a battle buddy for somebody. If you know you see a post, if you know somebody's struggling, reach out to them and say, hey, do you just need to talk? Because sometimes just talking to somebody will change the entire scenario. And that's what my story was. Me talking to somebody changed my whole life just because I was able to talk. I was able to let it out and talk about my yeah. feelings. And I did it and my whole life changed. And I'm gonna go one more. I'm gonna say, don't wait. Don't wait for people to put a post on social media. Don't wait for them to make it obvious for them to admit, because sometimes they don't even know. Go ahead and trust your gut the same way that Sean, your friend, trusted his and blew up your phone just because his gut said that there was a reason that you needed to talk. Most of us have this emotional guidance system. We have this ability to just know things in our gut. If you get a sense that someone needs someone to talk to, be that someone. As Sean says, don't just talk about it, be about it. That's I right. like that, Sean. <laughs> that has, that, that's just got Sean written all over. <laughs> yeah. Don't just talk about it, be about it. Don't just think about it. Don't just wonder if, they, if something's up and they need to talk. Go ahead and be about being there for them. That's right. By asking them, hey, would you like to talk? No. Not do you need to talk, but hey, let's talk. How, how bad would it be to know somebody who needed help and you ignored them or you didn't reach out and then find out something traumatic happened? You know, well, there's would... always that. And there's yeah. all the stories. 
Yeah. The stories we're hearing more and more is that the first sign that someone's struggling is often an attempt and yep. they don't all survive. So please, right. I implore everyone, don't wait for there to be a sign. Don't always, take, don't always take somebody attempting or saying they're going to do it as attention. And I like to put it like this. It might be in a form of attention that they're seeking, but they're, they're reach, that's their way of reaching out. So if you have somebody that might say multiple times, I'm just going to kill myself, I'm just going to kill myself. You know, I know people that get aggravated with that and they'll be like, oh, well, they're just talking. They're just saying that. But mm -hmm. you know, that's their way of reaching out. And sometimes it gets to a level where what we do in our veteran community, one last thing, what we do like yeah. in our group, if somebody's saying that they need help and they start doing suicidal threats and we can't get to them, I will call law enforcement and do a home and health welfare check on you. So we do what we have to do to get you help. We call it intervention when someone has self-identified and started talking about it and it's uncomfortable it's human nature to push that away and try to disregard it there's nothing wrong with you if that's what you've been doing and now we're going to invite you into this journey that sean has just taken us on with your mindset first <laughs> what if you got a mindset that said it might be uncomfortable, but it's worth the risk because if I don't do it, the risk is they might die. It might be uncomfortable, but it's worth the risk. Adopt that mindset and then go into accepting that you probably don't know how many people around you are on the verge of jumping off a ledge, jumping off a bridge, doing something to take their own life because we don't know from here. We only know from here. So learn to trust your gut and reach out. Get your focus on doing what you can to help people decide to stay. We need them here. We need you here. So if you're listening to this and you're the one, then be an advocate for yourself and reach out to another one. The soon as you reach out to help someone else and open a conversation with them, you will help yourself. You will right. find what you need in service to others. And so Sean, what you've created with the Veteran Mindset 2.0 is a blueprint for being in service to others. And who knows, anyone who follows it might not save a life, they might actually save two. Exactly, one of the things I'll say is that I love, I love for people to, you know, I learned and I learned it from Tony Robinson, take your mess and turn it into a message. You know, that's exactly what I did. And that's how a lot of other people do it. And they find mm -hmm. their purpose that way. You know, you take your story and you turn it around and give it to other people and turn your entire mess. Everything you've been through in your life happened for a reason to get you to where you're at today. And mm -hmm. so you take that story and you can change lives with it. And then yeah. once you start changing lives, you found your purpose. You found passion. You found something that you might want to do for the rest of your life. There's multiple reasons why. Well, just gee, don't give up. We, don't give up. We know that you did. That's and right. We know that don't give up <laughs> and don't quit on anybody else no. around you. So, Sean, I cannot thank you enough for being part of this endeavor to make suicide a thing of the past. Thank you for your service. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you for your ongoing service to all veterans, to all military, to law enforcement, to everyone who puts service first know that you've got an advocate in the veteran guy. And Sean, yeah. 
thank you for being on the show. Thank you very much for having me.